Happy Thursday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. I'm going to be talking a lot of NBA today. The Bulls, great comeback last night. The Young Thunder beating the Pelicans. Then I'll preview the last two remaining play-in games tomorrow night. The Bulls Heat and the Thunder T-Wolves to get that final eight seed in the respective Eastern and Western Conference. And then I fill out my NBA playoff bracket and crown my champion. This is who my unbiased pick on who I think will be winning, advancing in the playoffs. Uh, some of my closer friends might be shocked considering how a big LeBron and Giannis stand. And let me just tell you, I do not have the meeting against each other in the finals. But let's get started. Uh, before I get into all that NBA, I want to talk about one NFL thing, and that's OBJ. Uh, Odell Beckham had his news conference today with, or press conference today with, the Ravens, the head coach, John Harbaugh, general manager, uh, DaCosta. And OBJ said there was no assurances that Lamar was going to be there. He's hopeful Lamar uh, will be there. Uh, DaCosta says that he hopes Lamar uh, and the team can strike a deal. So there's a lot of hope going around. Uh, and, you know, hope is usually based on concrete evidence, you know, evident facts uh, that something's going to happen. I don't feel like hope is, you know, wishful thinking. It's just, oh, there it is. There's some hope. Uh, so I don't think this deal with Lamar is going to get done. And when OBJ said there was no assurance Lamar was going to be there, well, you know what assurance he did have? That he was going to get $15 million guaranteed. Well, that's a pretty good insur- assurance if you're going to tell me. Uh, if Lamar ain't going to be there, well, $15 million, that'll just, that'll do. That'll do. And then uh, DaCosta, the general manager, said something that was very interesting to me. He said that OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., is the right player to take them to the next level. Uh, and, you know, the GM's got to say things that uh, he has to say the right things. He's not going to, you know, say that Odell's not the player he used to be or anything like that. So he's got to say something. But I think that statement was, about, was a bit outlandish. Uh, Odell Beckham is the right player to take them to the next level. Does he really believe that? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, You can't say that Odell Beckham is the player that's going to take you to the next level. Uh, And you can't say that, especially with the Lamar deal still ongoing. Uh, Will that statement still ring true with Tyler Huntley as your quarterback? Or if another... uh, QB not familiar with the system comes in. Uh, you also have a new offensive coordinator and Todd Monk in there. So, again, I feel like that's very surprising that he would say that. I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is that guy. He's no longer number one wide receiver in the league. Uh, diva injury-prone. Uh, again, I think he's a great fit on a contending piece to, like, take him over the edge, like, uh, the Rams did, or maybe even the Bills, uh, 
last year could have done it as well. He's like that player to take them over to the edge, but take them to the next level. What level is that on? So the best Lamar in this team has ever gotten is the divisional round. So is OBJ the player to get them to a uh, conference championship game or to a Super Bowl appearance with this team currently constructed? No, I don't think so. Again, this deal doesn't even put them to the next level in their division. Uh, last year, they finished runner or the past two years, they finished runner-up to the Cincinnati Bengals. This move right here does not move the needle for me on ascending them past the Bengals at all. The Bengals have two better wide receivers on their team than Odell. Uh, they got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, who I would take over Odell Beckham Jr., and I think Tyler Boyd is very serviceable. Uh, so there's a lot of wishful thinking going on down there in Baltimore. Uh, this $15 million ain't going to work out for them. Uh, this deal is not taking them to any other new level uh, that they haven't already been to before with Lamar Jackson in the past four or five years. So we can stop all that nonsense. Now I want to talk about the Bulls comeback. Uh, and it was a comeback because they were down by 19 points uh, at one point in the game. I believe it was halftime they were down by either 16 or 19. Uh, but anyway, the Raptors were up by 19 uh, points in the third quarter. And, you know, Zach Levine just went off in the second half. I believe he had like uh, like 30 of his 39 points in the second half. Uh, he was terrific. From a free throw line, he was 13 of 15. He was 12 of 22 uh, from the field. Uh, Zach Levine uh, just got hot at the right time, and it looked like Toronto was dominating that game. The crowd was in there, uh, but Zach Levine was great. DeMar DeRozan was a great co-star, co-star uh, 23 points as well. Uh, Alex Caruso with the defense. Uh, this was a great one-two punch effort from uh, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, and that's why I picked Chicago to win this game. So that's 2-0 in these playing games so far. Uh, like I said, picking Chicago and picking um, the uh, Thunder, we'll get to in a minute. But I thought Toronto, they controlled this game for a, a real majority. Uh, Pascal Siakam, 32 points. Uh, and then Fred Van Fleet, uh, 26 points. He was 7 of 13 from 3. And he really missed like his last three uh, three-point tries. So he was really 7 for 10. Uh, until the last few ones he was jacking up. Uh, but again, he was great. Uh, I thought DeMar DeRozan's daughter uh, was the Hung Sung hero of that game because she was screeching at the free throw line. And something worked because the Raptors shot 50% from the free throw line. Uh, and to me, 50% is awful from the free throw line. I think the only time it's not awful is if it's like one for two. About 50%. They missed 18 free throws. They were 18 for 36. Fred Van Fleet, who's usually an above average free throw shooter, well in the 80%, three for six last night. Uh, Pascal Siakam, 
5 for 11. OG Ananobi, 3 for 8. Scotty Barnes, 4 for 7. Uh, if I was Nick Nurse and the head coach and I lost this game just off free throws, uh, because it's not like there's a free throw discrepancy like we see teams complain about. Well, they got to the line more than us. Well, Chicago only got to the line 22 times, but they made 18 of those 22 free throws, 82%. Whereas you got to the line 36 times and you could only make 18. I mean, you made the same amount of uh, free throws as the Chicago Bulls did, but you had 14 more attempts. Now that's awful. Again, if I was Nick Nurse, uh, the drills this summer, uh, everybody would be doing 500 free throws a day, and I'd want to see every player at least make 10 free throws in a row at bare minimum. Uh, you might as well restart that 500 again. But that was really where this game was lost because uh, Toronto dominated the boards. 50 rebounds to the Bulls, 36. 16 offensive to 8 uh, for Chicago. Uh, Toronto passed the ball more. Um, you know, they had less fouls. They had a large lead at 19. Uh they had a higher three-point percentage, 35% to 27. But the free throws is what cost Toronto this game. Uh, so I got to get my hat off to the Chicago Bulls and taking this one right. Uh, feels good. Now move to moving on to the other playing game, which was the Thunder Pelicans. I said the young Thunder were going to beat the Pelicans. Shea Gildas-Alexander is going to lead the way. And he did. He led the way brilliantly. 32 points, uh, 11 for 22 shooting, 2 for 5 from 3. He was terrific. But he had a young co-star helping him out in Josh Giddy, who almost matched the 32 points of SGA with a 31 himself. Uh, they shot the same from the field, 11 of 22. Josh Giddy was 3 for 7 from 3. So they really went hand-in-hand. Hand. This was... I thought a great duo, and also Lou Dort uh, added um, 27 points, 4 for 8 from 3. Those three guys for them were key. Uh, this Young Thunder team, uh, I think, have the potential to be really, really good. Like I said, SGA, who they stole from the Clippers. To me, the Clippers are beating themselves up right now for trading uh, SGA in a multitude of picks. For Paul George, that I don't think will turn out to be a good trade. Again, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, uh, the Williams combo. Uh, and then you're going to add in Chap Holmgren next year. This is the makings of being a really, really special team. And one I think can compete for an NBA championship within the next five years. They're a good team. Uh, again, they got dominated on the boards. Uh, by the Pelicans, uh, I'm specifically it was Jonas Valanciunas, who had a great game, 16 points. He had 18 rebounds. Uh, they had 48 rebounds to the 38 that the Pelicans had. You look at the box score, uh, 32% from the three from the Pelicans, only 30% from the Thunder. Uh, not very good three-point shooting teams. Uh, but the thing is, the fouls, Pelicans were in foul trouble. Uh, more of the time than not, and then the free throws, the Thunder did better. And again, it's the Stars. Give me Shea Gilgis-Alexander over Brandon Ingram. 
any day of the week. Give me Josh Giddy over C.J. McCollum right now, not in their prime, not C.J. McCollum in his prime, but right now, uh, I like Josh Giddy more than C.J. McCollum. Now, if now there's a big question mark over the Pelicans, and that's Zion Williamson, uh, who made his case worse last night because he was, you know, I talked about this yesterday. Uh, he talked about, you know, he feels good, but his mind is right, and the chemistry and things like that. He was dunking a little bit before the game, and you just can't do that. That's not a good look. Uh, and if I'm the Pelicans, I'm seriously considered trading Zion Williamson because if I had Zion healthy, I believe I would have been a top four team in the West. That's where they were when before Zion got injured. They were a top four team in the West. Zion cost this team, and I'd rather have pieces. Now you're not going to get the value that you're going to get for Zion because he's a former number one overall pick. You're not going to get that back. But I want players uh, because Brandon Ingram is a star. Uh, C.J. McCollum at times shows star ability. Uh, he's getting a little up there. But I just don't know if I can trust Zion Williamson. And I'd rather have two or three players that are really good that can help my team that are available taking up that cap space at, you know, five-year, $200 million, than somebody who's constantly on the bench that's not playing. That's not what I want. It doesn't fit the M.O., so if I'm the Pelicans, I'm doing a hard look this offseason and thinking, hey, should we trade Zion? I think it's something the Pelicans definitely have to roll the table on and, you know, look at because I believe they could have gotten Kevin Durant if they traded uh, Zion Williamson. And you look at what the Suns gave up. Uh, it was nothing big. It was, you know, Mikael Bridges looked like a good piece. But Zion Williamson over Mikael Bridges. Uh, maybe a Trey Murphy or a C.J. McCollum. It really could have been either one of those guys, too. To have Kevin Durant with Brandon Ingram. Uh, that team sounds more dangerous than just a Brandon Ingram, zion team. So, again, I kicked the tires on the Zion trade this summer because I, I just don't trust his health. Uh or when he's going to constantly uh, be out there again. Time to preview the next two play-in games that are going to take place tomorrow night, Friday night, uh, battle for the eighth seed in the playoffs. So first you have the Bulls Heat. The winner of this game will play the Bucks. Uh, I think the Heat are going to win. Uh, being in Miami, uh, Chicago coming off a really – Great performance. This is a performance that I think you can carry them to another victory. But I think Miami having the extra day off, uh, really the lackadaisical effort to me, that was one of the worst uh, heat performances uh, there was. But you look at these two uh, teams, this was once a storied rival uh, back in the day with LeBron going up against D. Rose, the heat dominating. I think Eric Spolstra isn't going to lose this game. I think the Heat win this one. I think they really uh, flip the switch. They flip the switch. They've been a very hot and cold team uh, all year long. Uh, but I think defensively, they'll lock in on Chicago. I mean, Chicago wasn't great shooting the three ball against the uh, Raptors. So I think Miami will lock down on defense. Uh, they'll be more urgent. Uh, Chicago, again, was not great at getting rebounds. Uh, Miami 
very lackadaisical in that department as well when we played the Hawks. So I think the Heat are really going to flip the switch. Uh, they're going to beat the Bulls, and they're going to go on to face the Heat. Uh, but again, I could see this going even Chicago's way just because of the letdown Miami had compared to uh, really the high that Chicago's probably still feeling. So I'm not saying there's no chance Chicago wins. Uh, wouldn't be surprised even if they do, and considering how poorly the Miami Heat looked. But I do think Miami Heat can turn around. I believe they beat the Chicago Bulls tomorrow night. And then you have the Thunder T-Wolves. Now, Thunder, great story, uh, great win. Again, I think they're a few years away from really uh, competing. But I have Minnesota winning this game, uh, not just because Rudy Gobert comes back. Uh, but I'm looking at two other things. Uh, SGA and Josh Giddy were terrific last night. Again, they combined for 63 uh, points. You had in Lou Dort, uh, 90 points between those three players. Just fantastic. Uh, can they get that same type of production against a better defensive team in the T-Wolves? I don't think so. I think SGA can certainly get his. I don't know if Josh Giddy has that same performance in him or Lou Dort against the T-Wolves, the T-Wolves being at home. And then uh, the other thing as well is the T-Wolves would have beat the Lakers if Anthony Edwards Ammon didn't have, like, the worst game of his NBA career where he thought, oh, I'm not three, three of 17 from the field where he's just terrible. So can I bank on Anthony Edwards playing as bad as he did the game before and the Thunder two stars playing as well as they did uh, last night? I don't think so. I think it kind of evens out, and when it evens out, I think the Timberwolves will win this game. I think it'll be, uh, again, a very tight, contested game, uh, but I think Minnesota wins and gets that eight seed in the West. So there you have it. Uh, those are the two play-ins now. I'm going to go through my NBA playoff bracket and crown my champion, and I'm going to start with the Eastern Conference. So starting with the East uh, I know I picked the Heat to win that play-in game, uh, but like I said, uh, whoever comes out, Heat or uh, Bulls from that and play the Bucks, there's no way I'm picking either one of those teams to beat Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee will win. Uh, they have one of the uh, best teams in the NBA, very well constructed. Uh, they're the number five uh, overall efficient team. Uh, they are, you know, top 10 defensive team, uh, top 10 offense. So I like that combination um, right there in terms of efficiency. Uh, very good team. I think it'll be too much for any team in that eight matchup to handle. Uh, Giannis uh, will be great. I think Drew Holiday will be spectacular. Brooks Lopez, and this will give Chris Middleton another chance to find his legs. Uh, looked a little, has looked a little slower, hasn't looked fully back this year. Uh, maybe this is like that Clay Thompson year last year where Clay Thompson didn't look great last year, and then he's really returned this year and had one of his better years. Maybe Chris Middleton needs another offseason, uh, but I don't think, I bet I don't know if anyone in that eight matchup will pose a problem for Milwaukee. I have Milwaukee winning in four, maybe five. Next round matchup is, I think, going to be the best matchup out of the East uh, for the first round, and that's the New York Knicks and uh, 
the Cleveland Cavs. I think the New York Knicks, very electric, uh, back in the playoffs, back in this spot where uh, they're playing the number four team. It's now, can they get it done? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm picking the Cavs, a uh, number two uh, net efficiency rating, uh, and they have the number one defense in the NBA. Uh, they've had it for majority of the season. Uh, they are a very solid defensive team. And then I love uh, Donovan Mitchell as well, who knows for sure about the full health of Julius Randle. But that backcourt of Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, is scary good, especially Donovan Mitchell, who to me should be first-team All-NBA guard this year, has been fantastic. I think the Cavs win this series, set up a matchup with the Milwaukee Bucks. Next up, Brooklyn Nets and Philadelphia 76ers. I believe the Philadelphia 76ers uh, will win this game. Again, number three net efficiency. They have a top five offense, top five defense. Joel Embiid is likely to win MVP. I uh, won't take that away from him. He has been great this year. So I'll have Philadelphia winning this series. Again, they're also number three in point differential. Very solid team. So I'm picking the Philadelphia 76ers to win this game. Uh, I don't believe they're a very strong playoff team considering their playoff history uh, with this current group, with Doc Rivers at head coach. I believe the Nets, who play really well, again, are playing with house money. Since the KD trade, they you know, stayed afloat. No one expected them to be any good, but I believe the Nets might steal one or two games against the Sixers and a team that a team a couple people have picked in the media, the Sixers, to win it all. Uh, might have some second thoughts after the Nets steal one or two games and the 76ers look like the same old 76ers in the playoffs. Then you have the Atlanta Hawks and the Boston Celtics. And I believe the Boston Celtics are the best team in the NBA. Uh, number one net rating in terms of efficiency. Uh, they have a top two, uh, or they top two in both offense and defense. They have the number two offense and number two defense. So because of that, I'm going with the Boston Celtics. They also have the highest-scoring duo in the league, uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Uh, I believe they're not going to have a letdown uh, in the playoffs this year. I believe they are a very good team. Uh, I just think it's, this is not a good matchup for the Atlanta Hawks, who not a great defensive team, streaky offensive team. Uh, I believe this – if I had to – I don't think they're – I don't know if there's going to be a sweep uh, in this NBA playoffs, but if I had to take one sweep in this NBA playoffs, this would be the series where I think, hey, it's going to be a sweep. It's Boston sweeping the Hawks. So you, I have both four winners out of the first round. Bucks, Cavs, 76ers, Celtics. That sets up the second round matchups in the East, the semifinals, and that's the Cleveland Cavs and the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I believe the Bucks and Celtics got what they want, want because I believe the Cavs pose a greater threat to the Celtics than the Cavs do the Bucks. Now, I say that because Milwaukee is a very big, strong team, so it's hard for guys like Garland and Mitchell to get to the rack, unlike uh, it is in Boston where Robert Williams is their only uh, threat down in the post, whereas with the Bucks, you have to deal with Giannis, Brooke Lopez, uh, Bobby Peaver, a much bigger team. And I believe 76ers match up better with Boston, or better with the Bucks in Boston. So I believe that if they flipped, we might have gotten in a closer series. 
but I would believe this Cavs Bucks series does not go the distance. It does not go seven games. I like the Bucks to win. Uh, I believe the Cavs are a player in a year away from really making some noise. Again, I like how they have the number one defense, number two net rating good offense, uh, but the experience of the Bucks of Giannis and this team, uh, especially after losing in the semis last year, uh, I don't think want to repeat that. And then they'll win uh, this series against the Cavs and go on to the conference finals. And then with the 76ers Celtics, I believe the Celtics are going to win. Again, this will be great because 76ers are one of the best teams in the league, uh, but they just have problems with the Celtics. Uh, they were 3-1 and one against them this year, and the one win the 76ers had, uh, Jalen Brown was out, and uh, I believe Robert Williams was, and Joel dropped a 52-piece. He ain't going to be doing that every round of the playoffs, every game against the Celtics. I believe that's just too much, too tall of a task for the Sixers to beat the Celtics. So I like the Celtics uh, to win that series. They match up very well with the Sixers. And then the Eastern Conference uh, Finals, I believe, is the NBA Playoff Finals. I believe this is the heavyweight billing we've been anticipating since day one. The Celtics Bucks, and I believe the winner of this series will win the NBA Finals. I've been saying that for a while now, but I believe the winner of the East, like I said last year, I believe the winner of the West would win the NBA Finals. I think the winner of the East will win the NBA Finals because I do think it's be one of these two teams. Celtics Bucks, I do believe this goes the distance. This goes to seven. And as much as I want Milwaukee to win, as much as I want to say Milwaukee, I'm going to pick the Celtics. I'll be rooting for Milwaukee. Don't get me wrong. But with my unbiased opinion, I'm picking the Celtics. Now, why is that? Again, Celtics, number one team in basketball in terms of rating, in terms of the top two in both offense and defense, number two in both. Yes, the Bucks are number five in that, but I like the health more of them. Yes, Robert Williams is iffy, but Chris Middleton uh, has not been his best. Giannis is not the shoulder a big load. Uh, the Celtics uh, are a little younger team than the Bucks as well. And then the other thing that I brought up the past two years on my podcast is this, is that the number one overall seeds since 2000 don't fit, don't fare uh, very well. Uh, you look at last year, it was the Phoenix Suns. They lost in the semifinals uh, to the Dallas Mavericks, number one overall seed. Year before, the Utah Jazz lost in the semifinals to the uh, Clippers, and they were missing Paul George or missing Kawhi Leonard for half the series. And then you look at the Bucks, uh, very close iteration of this same team with Giannis. They had back-to-back number one overall feeds in 2019 and 2020. Uh, 2020, they lost to the Heat 4-1 in the semis, and in 2019, they lost to the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals. So it's hard for teams to be that good and when it, it just does not have a good track record to me. Uh, even the Rockets 2018, they were 65-17. and 17. Uh, They lost to the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Now there are some exceptions like the uh, Warriors with Kevin Durant, you know, 67-15, won the NBA championship. But do you remember the Warriors all-time uh, best regular season record, 73-9? Lost that series, but then you have, you know, the Heat with LeBron, 
Uh, they won the NBA championship, but you've had the Spurs before 2012 lose to the Thunder, the Bulls lose to the Sixers in the first round. So, again, it's not conducive. Uh, history is not on your side. Uh, in the past 20, 25 years, if you are the best regular season team to win the NBA Finals, uh, I truly believe that. So that's another factor I added to this Celtic series, even though the teams are different. To me, sometimes you, you just can't mess with the history of it. I have the Celtics going to the NBA Finals. Now the West bracket. The number eight team, I think, will be the T-Wolves playing the Nuggets. Uh, and then you have, uh, whether it is the Nuggets or Thunder, uh, I think the Nuggets are going to win number one team in the West for a reason. They've been very good this year. Jamal Murray sort of coming back. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. healthy. They've kind of arrested them. Uh, something they haven't done in the past. They didn't push for Nikola Jokic MVP. Uh, very good offensive team. Number one uh, efficiency team in terms of, you know, just field goal percentage. Uh, the, Jan- or the Jokic, the post up, whether he kicks out or scores, it's a great move. So I have the Nuggets winning a handily their first round matchup. And then you have the Clippers versus the Phoenix Suns. And I think the Suns are going to win this series. Uh, I think if Paul George was playing, it'd be much different. But since Paul George is not playing, I believe the uh, Suns will win uh, fairly handily uh, with this new group of CP3, KD. They're in their playoff series, their first one. There's going to be a lot of hype surrounding them. I believe they'll definitely win this first-round matchup. And then you have the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. So outside of that first match, or this last matchup that they played in, which Sacramento, rest of their stars and the Warriors, you know, beat them. I looked at the previous matchup this season, and the Warriors didn't lose to the Kings at once this season. Now that's very concerning. Now I know the uh, Kings have the best offense in the league, but they also have one of the worst defenses in the league. And I prefer Golden State because they have a, uh, you know, top 10 offense, even though they have a just middle of a pack defense. I believe it's number 17. But in the playoffs, defense means more. So I believe Gary Payton, uh, that acquisition will come in more. If Andrew Wiggins is only playing limited minutes, I think that'll be a win as well. I believe they find a way to win. I believe it's six, seven games. But the championship pedigree, the defending champions are not going out in the first round. This is the matchup they wanted. And I believe they beat the Sacramento Kings. And then you have the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Uh, I believe the most pressure is really on the Grizzlies uh, right now, considering that, you know, they're the number four net efficiency team, uh, number top five offense. Uh, actually, excuse me, top 10 offense, top 10 defense, uh, number four point differential. Really good team. Uh, but I say the pressure's on him because they talk a lot. Dylan Brooks said he wouldn't mind playing LeBron while he's got his wish. I don't know how much you're going to like LeBron uh, scoring on you. You also look at the regular season matchup. Lakers were 3-1. and one. They played their best against uh, the Grizzlies. Josh said they're fine in the West. Now they get LeBron James. Uh, and they, again, have been talking a lot. LeBron just says he's happy to be in the postseason where anything can happen. And 
the Grizzlies have been making wild predictions, and I think the Lakers win because they have the experience. Uh, they've been playing really solid basketball since the trade line with this new group. They've been the number one uh, defensive team since the trade deadline. Uh, I believe Malik Beasley will step up, knock down some threes. D'Lo will play well. And the keys also, Stephen Adams and Brian McClark are out uh, for this playoff run. Uh that they'll have. So it's going to be Jaron Jackson. So to me, the key is going to be that Anthony Davis, Jaron Jackson Jr. matchup. If Anthony Davis can just play level with Jaron Jackson Jr., Lakers are no win this series. However, if Jaron Jackson Jr. dominates AD and AD shrivels up in these games, then I believe Memphis will win. Uh, but I like the Lakers to beat uh, the Grizzlies this year. Then in the second round, you'll get the Phoenix Suns going up against the Denver Nuggets. And I like the Nuggets to win. Uh, a lot of people have made out that the Nuggets, you know, are not good in the playoffs. I think that's fueled the Nuggets a lot this year. I think that's fueled Nikola Jokic, how uh, they're kind of soft. No one trusts them, and I don't really trust them as well. Uh, but that last game where Nuggets started, none of their starters against the Phoenix Suns' big four, and it went down to the wire. I believe the Nuggets having home uh, court advantage, resting their players, having a good offense, efficient offense. Um, I believe they can overcome their sort of playoff demons in the pack. And I think they're going to make a charge and they're going to beat the Suns. It's going to be a great series, I think, six or seven games. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns win in a game seven with KD, uh, but I do like the Denver Nuggets. I think this year just feels different with the Nuggets. They win. And especially, too, with the Suns, uh, you know, they haven't been great offensively this year. I mean, a lot of people make fun of the Lakers, but a team like the Lakers has scored more points than them. They were more efficient uh, shooting the ball as well. Uh, so, again, I don't think the Suns are great now. I know they haven't lost the game with KD, and a lot of people were pointing that out. Well, that's going to change in the postseason, I believe, in the Nuggets one. And then the other second-round matchup will be the Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. Now, the Warriors' title def defense ends here. The Lakers win. Uh, I believe the ma Lakers match up well with the Warriors. Uh, AD has played well against the Warriors this year. Uh, they've won the majority of their matchups. Uh, I just feel like since LeBron has gone to the Lakers, he circles these games. He knows uh, what the Warriors did to him when he was in Cleveland, when it was just overpowered with Kevin Durant there. I do think LeBron does have some get-up to these games, uh, and I believe the Lakers win this and shock everyone and go to the Western Conference Finals. And in the Western Conference Finals, you have the Lakers-Nuggets, and I believe this is where the Lakers' luck runs out. Now, I'd love for the Lakers to win this series, uh, but again, like I said, I believe the Nuggets are changed this year. I believe the Nuggets beat the Lakers in a hard fight six or seven games and they go to the NBA Finals, and it sets up the Celtics-Nuggets. Now, for a lot of people, it's disappointing because it's Celtics-Nuggets, uh, considering the Nuggets aren't a big draw out of the West. Uh, but I believe the Celtics, like I said earlier, will win the NBA Finals. Whoever comes out of the East will win it. I think the Celtics will beat the Nuggets. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown get their first ring. Again, the defense will be just be too much for the Nuggets' physical team. I like the Celtics. So that's my bracket. That's my champion. The Boston Celtics, who do you have winning the NBA Finals? Uh, write a review, let me know.
and I will talk to you all later. Bye, everybody.